Hello everyone and welcome to the Holistic Podcast where we speak about everything that encompasses every pillar of our health and well-being. The physical, mental, emotional, spiritual and energetic body and everything in between. I'm your host Tawna Woods, holistic coach, personal trainer and yin yoga teacher, passionately sharing knowledge, teachings with myself and industry experts to help support you in gathering tools to empower you to live your best life. On today's show, episode two of the Holistic Podcast, I have Ali Periam, who grew up in a small west coast town in the South Island and was farming when her partner at the time took his own life, which led her on a path to finding the Will to Live charity. Ali is in her second year naturopathy and herbal medicine studies. She's also a yoga teacher and an all-around GB. <laughs> And we touch a little bit on, on our stories, our own personal stories, on healing from mental illness from a multi-dimensional scope. So please note that we touch on the topic of suicide and mental illness in this episode. Um, it's a very open, honest, raw, vulnerable one, uh, but we both truly believe that there needs to be more awareness and conversation around this topic. So we hope that you enjoy this episode, and here we go. So I'm just sitting here with my dear friend, Ali Periam, who I've known for probably about going on 15 years. <laughs> so I actually met Ali through her older sister, Kate Periam, who I lived with for years, and they're both very dear friends of mine. We've actually just finished a gal's skate at the pump track. So we had about six of us boosting around and it was just so much fun and brought us so much joy and presence and yeah, just epic connection and learning new things and supporting each other to do that. So um, it's a really important theme of this podcast actually is talking about things that light us up and bring us joy and happiness together. So... Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Ellie to the show. Thanks for having me, Torn. <laughs> no, no worries. This has been a long time coming. Um, we have spoken about it a while. She's in Christchurch at the moment, um, study, studying naturopathy um, and getting delving into all that sort of thing, and also NLP, which is really epic. So Ellie looks at a lot of stuff holistically, as I do, Um and this podcast is just going to touch on a little bit of our journeys over the last couple of years and what those experiences have led us into and why we have got ourselves onto the path that we have. Um, and we've really been speaking a lot recently around past experiences and how they affect our lives, and how you allow those experiences to either fuel your fire, um, or is it going to put that fire out? So what? basically it's having different choices throughout our lives, and what way are you going to take it? What direction are you going to go? You can either turn left, or you can turn right, and I think we've really used these things as catalysts for not only our own personal development and own growth and evolution, but 
to really help other people. And that's been a huge, huge um, value of both of ours, I believe, over the past few years, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Ali had started a few years ago an organisation called Will to Live, um, which has just done incredible things for New Zealand in regards to mental health and funding for counselling. Um, and I'd just love you just to share a little bit of a backstory on that and how that came into into fruition and yeah cool um yeah thanks for the intro torn um yeah so will to live started when i was i think i just turned 20 um yeah so it was about five years ago and yeah it's a rural mental health charity so it was focused on the time of erasing the southern man stigma that comes with New Zealand farming and um and just really encouraging people to yeah pretty much just speak up and talk and it yeah the catalyst was um when I lost my partner to um mental health back in 2017 and a young farmer at the time was the highest he was in the highest demographic on the stats um on the suicide stats in New Zealand so yeah, I, it was one of those things that you just you hear about happen, but you never think it's going to happen to you. So as soon as I started sort of speaking out about it or just like through the grieving process, there was a lot more in the same boat as me than I actually realized. So I didn't, wasn't having really like, I didn't really know much about mental illness until that point. And then that kind of made a little bit of a fire in my gut to do something about it just because I didn't want anyone to go through that same experience ever again Mm. so it was a little bit of like the anger stage of grief and with anger comes a lot of energy and I sort of just want moved that anger energy actually creating this um which at the time probably was a little bit early on in my stages but I think I used creating something as a little bit of a coping mechanism but Mm. it turned out quite good um with I've learned I've learned a lot of lessons through the whole thing. I don't have like a degree in event management or anything like that or just business or anything, but I just completely wung it just because I had a passion and all I really needed to do was get the right people around me that did know how to run stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was it's pretty cool. I'm pretty proud of what we've done in five years, yeah. And faking it till you make it, eh? Pretty much, <laughs> that's, eh? That's how, how it rolls. Yeah, it's totally like who you know not what you know like mm. I was so I was like oh, I've got to drop out of uni to like learn all this stuff and give it a good go but I'm like oh no I just need people that are in the right industries to help and yeah my, de- my two sisters were just the best for that mm. one's in media and one is in natural medicine and um we put out all our heads together and yeah and just made some resources and did some events for farmers yeah and what's been um the main thing like because you did it you did a lot of fundraising for um, people to be able to access free counselling mm-hmm. if they needed it. So can you tell me a little bit about that and how that how that's helped? Um, is it been for just men in the farming industry or has it been extended to anyone that could access it? Yeah. And, and how hard was it for you to get the funding in regards to the accessibility for people mm. in general to access counselling if they need it and what's the waitlist stuff like and mm-hmm. 
did you find that quite challenging to be able to yeah yeah so when we first launched Will to Live four years ago we went and did a massive nationwide tour visiting 18 different towns around New Zealand and hosting these events and at each event we found quickly that people couldn't always donate money but they wanted to donate things and items and products that they had so we got all of these products and had 18 auctions around New Zealand and that's how we we collectively raised like through generous donators um, and businesses and just individuals like it was such a raw hot topic at the time for many people so I felt like the whole industry was behind us and there was nothing else for them to like get their hands into so we made it such a collaborative organization where anyone could have their input and I think that really really worked and um, yeah so we did our massive fundraising that 2019 year when we did the tour and then it kind of got to the point where the culture started shifting and I'm so proud and stoked of New Zealand males and how far I've seen them develop personally but I've heard about it too that they're just at the pub now speaking about having their bad week or their mental health like you know and we're just so much more open we can have a coffee it's not this big dark thing anymore but definitely for some people um it's hard it's super hard it's to to open up anyway we saw this shift and we were getting messages on our um charity page and stuff was like oh Ellie I've been speaking out like I'm doing what you're saying like I'm doing all of these things, but my mum, brother, sister can't, my partner doesn't know how to handle me, like, mm. and, like, they're not trained professionals, right, and so the next stage was actually, shit, we need to get them into, like, someone who can actually, like, take them through the journey and, um, and heal them on an individual level and give them the time of day and that therapeutic relationship, so mm -hmm. that's where we've stopped doing so much on the awareness front, and we started doing, like, more into the individual action. holistic action front and it's very similar to gumboot friday um that mike king's run so we're just very like a gumboot friday for the rural industry so it isn't just males it's anyone that's affiliated in rural communities so it's gone out to like farmers cropping dairy whatever industry plus like your sharers like your rural professionals um, and even like mothers, um, that are isolated on farm that, oh, amazing. you know, like, because they, they're one that feels the stress from partners and mm. yeah, it all flow, flow on effect. So, um, yeah, we're very open to anyone now. Um, so we've just been running that program over 18 months and we've had about 350 participants that have had oh, three amazing. sessions of either psychology, counseling, um, any registered health professional. We, we don't have a bias towards anyone in particular like I've had some see naturopaths I've had some see like honu honu Maori mm. healing I've had people do um, NLP so yeah we're very open to who they can see instead of just one therapy because I don't believe that one therapy fits all and yeah. I don't I, yeah and would would hate to see people be scared like yeah turned down from one so yeah that's that's our achievements in the last wee while it's amazing and I totally agree with what you said around I don't believe that it's a one-size-fits-all approach at all. Exactly what you said, it's like what works for me may not work for you and vice versa. And, you know, just even from my own experience, so when I moved down here when I was 20, so gosh, almost 15 years ago now, um, I started seeing a counsellor who I still see now to this day, actually, whenever I feel like I need to. Um, but I found for me personally, I got to a point where I was quite stuck like I'm very as we know I'm quite a talker 
So wave it that. Love it, love it, yeah. Loves it. Um, but I found that just me, I, I didn't have an issue with getting things off my chest or speaking. Mm. That was fine for me. I was, yeah. I'm very, always been very open and vulnerable. And um, for me, I guess that creates mm. more connection and trust for me with, with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it actually got to a point where I felt a bit stuck in that regard. And so I started working with somatic coaches. So somatic meaning... Uh, sensations in the body and tuning into that and really getting into what you're feeling internally mm. with sensation rather than allowing the mind to get in the way um, and then that way I was I've been able to heal uh, a lot of patterns within my body uh, mm. rather than speaking so yes so but I think for a lot of people and we spoke about it earlier this morning um, intergenerational stuff and layers of uh, say for a, I mean I'm generalizing here but for a lot of people and men in particular there was always that kind of the upbringing was we don't speak about our feelings we don't talk about what's going on we we're strong we're tough we're men we mm. don't we don't do that we don't like to show any side of weakness because then we're perceived as weak and you know so there's that it's that's passed down from parents, parents, and then it continues and filters down to generations. And so I think it's been fantastic that this has been brought to light and you've been able to allow it to be okay and there's been become the conversation around mental health so it makes it, it okay for other people to speak and then it becomes a flow and effect. And actually understanding that we can be, if we choose to, we have a choice to be cycle breakers of those things. Mm-hmm. So it just takes one person yeah. to decide to speak up and be be vulnerable and be brave. And, um, yeah, it, it takes me back to my journey over the f- past few years. And I think for the last, ever since I've had my business and had this social platform as an outlet for me, I guess it has been a bit of an outlet, but really my intention has always been to share my lived experience in the hope that it would help someone else. Even if it's one person, mm-hmm. one thing I say or one thing I've been through and someone can resonate, incredible. Yeah. You know, and and it has been quite a big uh, journey and stigma around like what if people judge me for whatever I've gone through or whatever it is, but it's actually like, no, that my feels like my dharma is to serve by sharing these experiences and mm-hmm. getting people like yourself on and who have been through stuff. Cause let's be real. We've all had trauma. We've all been through certain situations in our life, but I truly believe that everything happens to us for a reason to get us onto the path that we're supposed to be on. Um, and I guess part of my purpose and as I said, dharma to help others. So, uh, why this particular conversation is so important for me is my own personal struggles with mental health. Um, and I guess like growing up, I always kind of suffered a bit of anxiety and things like that. But there was a bit of time a few years ago in 2020 where I did get a lot of anxiety and fell into a deep depression, which I have shared about. Um, and just even the stigma around that and wanting not wanting people to know about it and you're kind of like, you feel at that in those times that you are isolated and you're all alone mm. in it. But it's actually having the conversation that really understanding that we're 
none of us are actually alone and this is where we need to continue to connect and continue to speak about these things so you know that that you're not uh, isolated but it also comes back to like why I find holistic health and I'm sure you do too is looking at the bigger picture for a person so it's like the mental emotional spiritual physical energetic health of someone and which I've spoken about before too if you're only focusing on one thing so your physical aspect or um you're just the physical but you're not focused on the other pillars mm. it's just like that house if you're not if all four walls aren't mm. strong then it yeah high order exactly it's going to slowly start to crumble mm. and it may not be straight away but over time you can start to see those those things break down so it's also thinking about things like connecting with your friends doing things that absolutely light you up and bring you into the present moment mm. and you know just even us skating just before it is honestly like I I'm on a uh, I'm just on a high and I and I want <laughs> and, and then it's really coming back to why is that what is what is creating that for me mm. and I believe for me it's bringing me really into the present moment I can't think about the past the future yeah. nothing like I'm thinking about what I'm doing right then and then it's like that joy that that brings that laughter that connecting mm. with other women and just whatever is feeling like it's lighting you up that's filling up your happiness cup, right? Like you have a cho- you have a choice to choose what brings you joy in that moment, and you can keep following that every single day. Yeah. So yeah, the the importance, and I think in the last two years, I've really honed in on, and the biggest message has been listening to the body and focusing on all four pillars. Well, there's actually a few more pillars. You could bring in energetics. You could bring in sexuality. You could bring in, you know, they all matter. They all matter to um, assist in our full well-being as a whole. Um, but it's very important that, yeah, if you're not focusing on certain parts or we use, I've talked about a lot around suppressing uh, emotion with different distractions. So whether that might be food, drugs, sex, alcohol, scrolling, I don't know, whatever it is for you just to avoid feeling maybe what we don't want to feel or what we don't want to face, what we don't want to deal with. Uh, And I definitely had a few years of that and where things, there was different factors in my life that also contributed to the overwhelm and to the stress. So going through a breakup with my daughter's father and this, you know, being a single mom and having a business and, uh, I think I used those things to distract myself, but thinking they were helpful tools. Um, and essentially ignoring what my body was saying and what my body was screaming out to me. So the first little thing was losing my period. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, okay. Didn't really take that seriously. And then I continued on and continued doing what I was doing and didn't change anything. And then over time, just stress of not dealing to all of those things actually led me to get admitted to hospital because I was in such a deep, dark place. Um, 
Mm. Which, yeah, that... I think if those of you that haven't followed my journey in the last few years, I, why it was why it is so important for me to be real open and vulnerable and share this part of it is that I um, all the effort that I guess goes into my daily life to keep myself balanced now because there was so much uh, disharmony within myself. Um, and why I just put such an importance on choosing things that light you up and bring you joy. And maybe now ex- externally or on social media, I may appear to be extremely happy and joyful and everything's easy or, and effortless. But really, mm-hmm. that's not hasn't been the case. Yeah. Um, and another big a big thing around say with mental health and suicide and you know why will to live started it's like I remember thinking back when I before I went through my mental health stuff that you know people are just selfish that do that or you know it just or they're weak or whatever this whatever the stigma is around it like how can someone be so selfish Mm -hmm. but really when I went through what I went through it's changed everything for me because there were moments when well actually days and weeks on end that my mind would come in and tell me constantly ways on how I should end my life. And it was nonstop, or like every waking hour of the day. And so when you get to that point Mm. where your mind's so off balance and it's so leaning towards the negative bias because naturally that's what our our minds do, um, I could see how easily you could get into a – into a spiral when I was I got to a point where I was so overwhelmed with everything in my life that the like the prefrontal cortex shut down it's like too much stress you can't make decisions you can't you know so it's like I look at that now as an absolute blessing that I experienced that and had to hit absolute rock bottom like you can't get any further than that and actually to the point where I actually tried to overdose twice because I needed and wanted those thoughts to stop. Like I couldn't Mm. cope anymore. Like it was just petrifying and I was exhausted. I wasn't sleeping. I think that was a huge part of it. There was no sleep. So I couldn't allow my mind to shut down and to give me a rest and a break from those thoughts because I was just so tired. So it wasn't actually about like, Oh, I want to end my life because I'm being selfish or whatever. It's just like the the what what people can experience in that time can be so debilitating. Um, but I think that those those experiences, there was something that switched within me during that time. I ended up spending two months in hospital because they couldn't actually find out what was going on and what was wrong during that time. Um, we did multiple, multiple tests because I was actually completely fine and then it switched sort of overnight. And we did find an infection in my spinal cord, which when there's an infection in the spinal cord, that can equate to inflammation. So inflammation of the brain, that could mean any kind of effect. Who knows? Depression, anxiety, psychosis, um, many things. And then also uh, white lesion, uh, white uh, 14 holes lesions in my brain. So there's a couple of factors there where I think there's more 
uh, there's, it's deeper than just getting down and out about life. So I think that's something else to think about. And I'm actually going to dive into that um, in a podcast coming up in the next episode with Nina Kennett, who's an emotional body therapist. But really bringing in how important it is to understand that the mind and the body is so connected mm. and they're not separate from one another. That brings me to another point um, around just going back to what I was speaking of when um, I found out that I had had some an infection in my spinal cord and lesions found in my brain. I think it's very, very important when it comes to depression and anxiety um, to really get initially rule out any um, deficiencies, mineral deficiencies, vitamin deficiencies, um, because those things can really contribute to our mental health as well. And if we're eating an inflammatory diet, then that also contributes. So <clears throat> it was actually really interesting when I got admitted to hospital because it really did come quite quickly out of nowhere and prior to that yes I'd suffered anxiety over my life and I think a lot of us do at times I'd never been depressed and it 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 was like um something just switched within me like I wasn't myself I wasn't I wasn't Tawna um and I think all of this stuff started to happen when I contracted parasites in Bali in 2017, which, as we know, if our gut health is affected, then how how much the, bra- the gut and the brain is interconnected. If our gut health is out, then that can affect our mental health because the gut health with dysbiosis and different things, that can cause inflammation. And then inflammation of the brain can manifest in depression, anxiety. <clears throat> So it's getting to the root of those things and healing the gut, first and foremost, I think is very important. I um, I did do a massive full gut healing protocol with uh, a guy in Australia that analysed my bloods and I got to the absolute root cause of where my body was at in that very moment, which has been a godsend to me. Um, but also, so the conclusion of the holes in my brain at the time were that the there was no answers. So I can see I can also resonate with people and how frustrating it can be when there are no answers because their explanation was I think that your parasites travelled from your gut to your brain, which is quite terrifying. Um, but I really think that there needs to be a little bit more awareness on getting different tests done first as well. Um because I was lucky enough, well, the universe seemed to be on my side, because there was a trainee doctor at the time that was working with the psychiatrist, and no one could figure out what was going on with me. Like, there was times when I would, I wasn't sleeping, or times when I wasn't, I wouldn't speak even, which was called catatonia. <clears throat> I couldn't get out of bed, I couldn't look after myself, all the things. So there were like traits where it's your classic like, oh, she's just depressed, she needs medication, which 
I'm all, I, I genuinely go quite, I'm natural, I am inclined naturally to not take medication, but I think there are times and places where it's very, very necessary. There was something within me where I was very resistant at that time because I knew intuitively deep down, no matter how like unwell I was at the time, I knew something was off. I knew something wasn't right. And with that became a lot of resistance to the doctors because I was fighting for myself ultimately um, because I, I trusted in something. Something within me was saying, no, like Torna, there's something else going on. Um, and... Because how do you go from being normal to completely a different person to not being able to care for yourself and all these things? And luckily, there was this trainee doctor that had just watched a Netflix documentary called Brain on Fire. It's still there, I think, which I watched, and it freaked me out. But essentially, uh, she was a 22-year-old girl, really successful, just finished uni, became a, got a really top, uh, a top job as a journalist in America. And it's based on a true story. Um, and then all of a sudden she started having sleeping issues, she started getting psychosis, she started, um, she got catatonia, where she didn't speak, all these things started happening <clears throat> out of nowhere, and her, she got admitted to hospital, her, all the, you know, all the antipsychotic drugs, antidepressants, all the things, and no one could figure out what was wrong, nothing was working, nothing was ha helping, and her parents fought and fought and fought, and we're like, we're not accepting this diagnosis for our daughter. Um, and so this doctor, trainee doctor, psychiatrist, was had watched that, and then I ended up being admitted there, and I was having the same symptoms as this young girl in the show. So it prompted them, because they couldn't figure out why with all the bloods they were doing, what was happening and so they decided to give me a um spinal tap like what you'd test someone for meningitis or emphysephalitis um and they did that and it actually came back so we meant to have four white blood cells in our spinal fluid and I had 12 which indicates an infection so infection of the brain sorry, infection of the spinal fluid, which circulates throughout your brain, results in inflammation, inflammation of the brain. You never know what the outcome of, or the effects of that are. And so because it wasn't meningitis or emphysephalitis, it was um, inconclusive. So what was said was we're going to retest in another month's time and go from there. And crazily enough, a month later, I, Honestly, all of a sudden just came out of it and they retested my spinal fluid. I went back down to Dunedin and it had normalized on its own um, and I was fine. So it just goes to show and back to, you know, the initial a big message here is learning to trust yourself. Um, and I was just lucky that, that all the stars aligned that I was able to get extra testing. So I believe that the whole point of that Netflix documentary was her bringing awareness. She actually ended up having, getting a spinal tap done and she ended up having emphysephalitis, which um, she had to learn to walk and talk again and she became well. But it was bringing awareness to the fact that there had been, since her movie, 
300 people that had been wrongly um, admitted to a psychiatric ward when they actually had encephalitis, um, an infection of the spinal in the spinal fluid, which manifested in these psychiatric symptoms. So, as terrifying as that was for me, um, I'm pleased that there's something that had some sort of explanation, even though we, we still don't know what the infection was. And yes, there was external factors as well going on in my life with stress and things like that. But it just really comes back to you are your greatest healer. You know better than anyone else what you need and what is true for you and what is going on. And we really need to back ourselves more. And I just hope that we can all learn to trust in ourselves more than giving our power away. And I was in a very um, fragile, vulnerable situation, of course, and it was hard for me to use my voice and speak my truth because it was really hard for me to do day-to-day things at that time. So, you know, who's going to believe that? But, um, or someone in that state when they're fighting against what they think is good for you. So, um, yeah, trusting everyone's doing the best they can with what they have and everyone just wants to help and do the best they can within their expertise, of course. I'm just really happy that I have, from that experience, again, I would never change it for the world. I just, it's reactivated the strength and the power within me to trust myself. So please keep trusting yourself. Yeah, I think what has been your, what do you find that you use each day for your own mental health and for your own um, balance? Would you add stuff to that? Like what do you find helps you the most? I think, yeah, I definitely, yeah, I agree. Like we're multidimensional kind of beings and that's what naturopathy, like the whole study of naturopathy and herbal medicine is. It's like we're trying to help people be in touch with all, all of the grounds. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely had that a similar experience, like of like the brain telling you to leave the world as a coping strategy to just somehow get rid of this overwhelm inside the mind and Mm. yeah the same beforehand thinking it was selfish but had to go through it to realize actually I wasn't thinking about anyone else you're in fully survival mode and you're not you're not you don't have the capacity to care no and like well you probably do care but you convince yourself that they'll be actually be fine without you and everything will carry on and um yeah it is just just an illness but yeah I it was definitely yeah, the evolution of Western medicine and the Industrial Revolution where back in a lot of tra- in a lot of traditions now, like and I have such a huge respect for Rongoa, like Maori medicine, it's like mm. they were so interconnected with all of their dimensions of well being and it was Western medicine that came along being like, Here's the body, here's the mind, um, and we're gonna have different people to treat different things. And I think it's cool to see Natropathy have this big comeback and demand and um, and people are wanting to get to know that interrelationship and wanting to understand that. So 
everything I do, I don't just do it for my mind or do it for my body. I do it for my whole spirit mm. and being. And um, yeah, and I definitely try and tick things off. Like I've had um, after being through the big sl- that slump of depression, I can't say I've had depression again, but I've definitely mm. had bad weeks. And in the past month, it's been um, I've feeling like I'm spiraling a little bit and so I yeah go through the checklist it's kind of like when you have a screaming baby right or a crying baby like watching my sister go through this it's like all right are they fed do they need a nappy change mm-hmm. like where right and you go through this checklist to try and help them stop crying and yeah. so it's almost like in my head I'm like right have I moved my body mm-hmm. what have I eaten what do I need like can I use my herbs to calm my nervous system or mm-hmm. use like some tools that I've learned um, and I'll go through the list. And if I'm still not, if those haven't helped, then usually I go, okay, it's an emotional issue that I need processing. So lately Mm. I've been yogering. (laughs) I'm a yoga teacher. So, and then I also, and a student. So I go and and just attend as a student quite often in the past like month I've been crying in Shavasana and like Mm. been doing the yoga, doing the Pilates, doing the hikes, doing, trying to connect with friends, but have been very limited to do that. And I go, okay, well, I can't meditate, yoga, eat my way healthy out of this hole. It's Mm. an emotional issue and I need to go and take myself away from my environment to go process it. And Mm. that's been, it's yeah, it's been super cool to go through that, to be like, yes, they're they're tools, but if it's an emotional issue, you have to deal with it and emotional Mm. and that's the way is to feel it and heal it. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, because it's like, you sometimes you use drugs or alcohol mm. as a suppressant, but I could you be using yoga as a suppressant? It does exactly the same thing. 100%. So that's been yeah, that's been like my big learning in the last sort of month. Anyway, it's a continuous journey. Like can't mm. say I know it all, but um, yeah, I mean the health and the human body and anatomy. It's just so the knowledge. It's it's beyond anything. Like I feel like you spend your whole entire life studying studying it, and you're always mm. learning ex- mm. by yourself and from from others as well. Oh, most definitely. And it, that's it. It's like just when you, well, I know from in my experience in the last three years of, well, two years of really deep diving into my own personal healing, um, you think, just when you think you've nailed it, I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, certainly haven't. Like, you know, some other lesson will yeah. come in or something will happen where it's like, okay, no, you've got to look at this. But I, I loved so much about what you said around the needs thing. So it's like, I like, that was a huge a foundational tool that I had with my um, somatic coach, Farina, who's fucking incredible. So if anyone wants that deep, let me know. But um, she would always say to me, if I was dysregulated and I'd be freaking out, and I knew that I wasn't, you know, my nervous system was dysregulated, she'd be like, okay, have you eaten? What do you, like, what do you need? Look at your, look at, yourself like a child essentially mm-hmm. you know like your daughter or your, your, you as a five-year-old like have you eaten have you had a shower have you you know do you need to go have an orgasm I don't know whatever <laughs> it literally is like yeah literally that's what quite often what I'll be like I'll do I'll be like hmm so self-pleasure have a shower yeah yeah, yeah. eat some food yep those things make me feel pretty good and then it's like oh yeah okay mm-hmm. and then generally that's all you need and remembering hugely that it's nothing external of yourself is going to give you what what you actually can give yourself mm. you know so we so often we go and you know we're trying to reach externally for something to fill a void or mm. fill ourselves up and to make ourselves not feel a certain way whether that might be like oh if this guy picks me then I'm going to feel good or if I go and 
have sex with this person, then that's given me a feel-good thing. But really, I can give myself. I can go do that for myself. I can go, you know, like, you can do these things. I can, yeah, it's nourishing those really basic needs first. And if that hasn't covered it, like you said, and in my experience too from learning, it's always something emotional that hasn't been processed. So, hence, and it all goes back full circle, right, as to, like, why I had my breakdown in the first place, why I lost my period in the first place. And it's another, I can't wait to dive into that next time around the the emotional side of things with losing my period. And actually mine wasn't the classic like, oh, you're overexercising and you're not eating. Mine was like emotional heartbreak essentially. Mm. And so, and that really taught me how separate that the Western world has made the mind and body. We're really in the Eastern world. I loved living in Bali and, having my family live there because you really see how it's just so it's one mm. one connected organism and then you I I even doing my Vipassana meditation it's all linked it's like you see that the mind body phenomena is one right so anyway you can get into really deep <laughs> we won't go down that road but um yeah, it's this whole thing around the emotions and facing our stuff, and we 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 we, we there's so much an offered to us accessible that can numb us, right? So multiple things like how hard is it for a lot of us just to sit with ourselves? Like even if you're at home alone, do you just sit and scroll your phone, or do you go watch Netflix or whatever? Which is totally fine to do. It's not mm. to say. We can't do this shit. Yeah. It's fucking human nature. Like, we've got to give our nervous system breaks at times. But it's also just as important to be able to sit there and go, really be able to self-reflect and go, okay, what's going on inside me? What is? What am I feeling that's blocked? Or what am I carrying that's, that's weighing me down? But actually understanding that numbing it and suppressing it, rather than feeling it, as you said, to heal it, Facing that fire, as scary as that is, but the freedom on the other side is so, worth is it. so fucking, I will swear about this, because <laughs> it is just liberating. It is so liberating, but I I have been there where it's been those years of like, don't want to look there, don't want to go there, and then when we suppress and we do that, what ends up happening, in my experience anyway, is I ended up projecting all of my shit, all of my pain on everyone else around me, my friends, my family, my lovers, whatever, not lovers, not like I've got multiple, but, you know, at the time, and everything was all their fault. And I'm like, not even aware, didn't even have the awareness that that was what was going on. Mm. So then it ends up, this pain that is in our bodies ends up affecting everyone else around you and not only yourself. So I think it's actually taking some, being brave enough Mm. to take some self-responsibility and yeah. be able to self-reflect and go, okay, you know, this is this is what's happening. So, and and even having suppressed emotion can do things like make you not be able to sleep properly, make you gain weight, or not be able to let go of weight. There's it's so much deeper than yeah than than what is on the surface. It's just like even with my with personal training, and it's like, and you'd probably see it in the in the trip off, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um. It's like people, for example, come to me and they'd be like, they might be like, I've tried everything, I can't lose weight, I'm eating right, I'm exercising correctly, whatever. And then it's like, oh yeah, but I'm not sleeping. And then if you go deeper, I go, okay, so what's going on in your personal life? What's going on 
um, what's your emotional history or, you know, what's, what's happening right now. And then when you get deeper into the deeper layers of it all and there's stuff going on emotionally because of something stressful or, you know, a relationship's not working well or whatever, that's what's, that's a lot of the time what is the barrier. It's like you're holding and you're protecting yourself with this wall but really it's just stuck emotion that needs to be released and felt and felt through and let go of to allow you to let go of weight it's all like it's all connected but there was actually another example was um I did a course like a meditation course recently and I really got to sit in like face some shit I really got to feel some shit that I was obviously not wanting to and I got to release it and let it go and cry it all out and scream it all out and whatever it was. But what was really interesting about that was that prior to that, I was really um, clouded in my mind and I was very distracted. And as soon as I'd processed that stuff, and it was some heavy shit, it was, you know, years of stuff that had been accumulated. Once I'd released that, I had so much clarity and so much motivation that I actually started my first podcast. And so what I'm saying is when you free yourself from that burden of whatever you're carrying, it gives you clarity and space. It gives you space. So that's a positive side of it. But as, so I think the moral of this is that it is okay to be feeling what you're feeling. It's okay. You don't need to deny it. There's no like, you no, I shouldn't be feeling this way or I can't speak about this because I can't look weak or I can't, whatever, it's like, no, we're human beings, we're all entitled to be feeling a broad spectrum of emotions, and not to deny that, um, and just continue the conversation, because if we continue to suppress, and suppress, and suppress, and get layer upon layer upon layer, that manifests in disease, depression, and essentially, we just want it to be okay, and make everyone feel comfortable about being vulnerable and knowing that there's support and you're not alone. Mm. And there are resources like what you've made to allow just that first step to speak to someone or mm. whatever might work for you, you know, or your meditation or processing might be going for a skate or a surf or... Mm. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to that? Um... Any little golden nuggets you've got for us, Ali? Oh, man. <laughs> so, after getting on my little tangents that I get on, guys, um, I'm, going like, great I'm, good li- I'm good like that. <laughs> That's so good. Um, I do have to say that generally, not that I need to explain myself, because I am healing my people pleaser over explaining, explaining uh, traits, but when I start talking, things flow through me. So, I just kind of keep, going on my rolls, anywho, um, but with this, this topic being around mental health, and I, we were really discussing about the importance of how, I feel like it's a really important time to be speaking into this, even though it has been a topic of conversation for a few years now, with COVID and how the effects of that, and actually the, almost the bigger problem is the mental health pandemic after that right so this is where we've all this stuff's come up but allowing me to be vulnerable and share my journey but also I'd love 
Ellie to share a little bit more about her mental health journey and what where that's taken her and what what tools she's used to and what even just as a any a career path and just where it's taking you and where it's going and mm. we'd love to hear because I think the more that we are brave enough to speak about it it just makes everyone else not feel so alone and isolated so yeah definitely and my yeah healing out of the like PTSD and the depression that came with the grief um is quite a random one it's probably not so much I didn't really go down the western system um luckily had a sister to open my mind up to many different health modalities to get through it and I think that was really cool and that helped me yeah heal on a holistic being uh, like a whole being and um yeah so like one of them was I had to address my sleep first and foremost um had night terrors about eight times a night I was sleeping in the same bed as my mum for like six months Um, moved in with you guys or with with Kate for a bit um and just was so afraid to be alone and so it was like right it was almost like get back to your basic needs what's the first thing like sleep because and when I learned about sleep a lot more in detail with NLP and emotional processing it's like you need that REM sleep that rapid eye movement is when you process all thoughts so it's when everything you've seen throughout the day your subconscious collects them puts them in a filing cabinet at night time during your REM sleep of what's important what's not mm-hmm. and what is important is like survival stuff so it will take trauma it will take negative experiences and try and protect you by laying them into your like belief system that it could happen again or something mm-hmm. like that so the night tears were happening obviously during I think during my REM sleep and I just every time I went into REM sleep I'd wake up like shaking so the first thing first was like get that because so I can start processing and one of the best things was actually Tony NIS over the hill Mm. a lot of people heard about Tony um in Queenstown and I was going to a counselor and it was just re-traumatizing honestly Mm. I I said my story to them so many times and I just relived the experience with no direction of how to get out like I would feel a release temporarily but then it was probably also with grief as time for sure. I know mm. I hate saying that, but it, it did. Mm. I just the more I did it. So if I stuck with counseling, probably would have helped. But I was this impatient, like I just want to be back to myself. I was so annoyed that this like little whatever devil on my head was just not letting me just get back to study mm. and just it was like nah, process your shit. So Tony NIS treatment, neurolinking. I went in there, didn't speak a single word. He all did work on my body energetically. And I went from having eight times a night to once a night to Mm. once a week to once a fortnight. And slowly I got my sleep back. And with the sleep um, and then, yeah, also doing the food, doing the real soft walks. Soft walks because, like, had no energy to actually, like, run or hike. It was just take it super easy Um, and do whatever you feel like on the day. And one of the best things that someone said to me through the hundreds of messages you get when a loved one passed, I just remember so clearly these two types of messages. One was like, Ellie, don't get on the piss, like be careful. Yeah. Like, oh, just like telling me what to do. And then another message said, I'm sorry to hear about what's happened. Like if you need to scream, kick, cry a wall, like just do anything you need to do. And it was one was telling me and one was, opening it like allowing me to just feel exactly what I needed Mm. to and it was 
those two messages that happened in the same inbox was actually so contrasting but so good to see the difference and I think if anyone is going through anything whatever you're feeling you're allowed to just fully feel it and if you do want to punch a wall like I know like anger or whatever like there needs to be some release yeah. somewhere yeah. um and don't ever feel guilty for or ashamed of doing that no um because the more that i yeah i went to the back of a farm and just screamed like it was such a good mm-hmm. release and then what would happen after that i'd be exhausted and then i'd have a boss sleep <laughs> yeah <laughs> it'd be like this cycle mm. so anyway i yeah went through that and then tried honu honu moldy healing that was a game changer in itself again Healing Aotearoa, Dion was such a legend. Mm, Went to him great. a couple times. Every time I come out of it, I feel like a new lease of life. Um, yeah. And it, yeah, ever since then, like, um, so it's been like now five years. Um, and my grief does does not affect me anymore. It hasn't affected me for two years now. I put so much effort into just not getting rid of it or forgetting what happened, but getting finding peace with it, mm. learn like l- taking what I can with it. Um and yeah just trying to be an alchemist of my situation and just being like I don't want to ever like think that I'm better off not here because when I had a car accident and nearly died one of the biggest well the most transformative thing was seeing my family cry because I was so scared I was going to leave and to this day I if I get low or something like that I just have to talk to myself and be my own best friend. I'm like, mm. no, they're, they, I am so loved. Like I am so loved. Your brain mm. maybe is telling me right now I'm not, but like the fact that I've got friends and family and people around me that I'm like, that's pure evidence that mm. you're a fucking great being mm-hmm. and you have every worth right to be on this planet. And the, yeah, the world is better with you in it. Mm. And you just have, like fully back yourself. Like, don't worry about ego or anything. Like, you just talk... To, uh, I just mm. talk to myself like I'm a fucking legend now. And I, You're a fucking legend. Yeah, and I just... You just have to, man, because no one's... No, that's what I fucking do We're so conservative yeah. in New Zealand, like, so fucking conservative, and I... And it's just like, we're too afraid to give compliments to yeah, each other, and we up. don't receive them as much no. as other people. And also, we're not... Look, like, I say we need to be more American. Like, I, I'm like, mm. I actually am, would love, like... I think it's sick that they claim that they're good at shit. How if we are? did that more often, we I honestly think that we would have a completely different belief system and we would be able to just like conquer so much more. But in this day and age, we're so scared to share even the greatest accomplishment in our life. Like we're so scared to like, yeah, because we're like, oh, I've got an ego. We're or arrogant. Or to be proud or, of ourselves. Or to celebrate ourselves. 100%. It's like, why the fuck yeah. can we not do that? And a huge thing with uh, my somatic coach, she used would start all of our calls. Yeah. Would be okay. What's your celebration? What yeah. are you What are you celebrating about That's yourself so today? And I'd sit there. And I remember when I first started, I was like, it's hard. Oh, I don't yeah. know. And she's like, um, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, and now it it's like I like to say as well, like to my clients or whatever. It's like be fucking proud of yourself. Like, look how far you have come, and it's okay, and you're allowed to be proud. Yeah. Because it's like I think we've experienced so much of women or men or whatever tearing each other down yeah it's like it's this it's you know that you're you're being successful and you're this light but people it might trigger people so then they Mm. might tear you down for that or whatever but yeah you're so right changing the whole conversation because yeah we are we you know you do hard work and you should be proud of that oh a hundred percent and and 
ever now, like, what going through just the last couple months, like, nothing too heavy, but just, just so up and down, what I've come to, the end of every night, if I lay in bed, well, first I use my NLP, and I ask my subconscious mind, I do a bit of visualization, and trying to listen and just be like, what do I need more of in my life right now? What is mm. it like? Is it love? Is it connection or what it is? And then if whatever comes up, it's kind of like I'm I'm talking to this other person, but they're inside me. It's just this buzzy thing. You're talking mm. to your subconscious mm. mind, yeah. your mind, and you're having a relationship with it, and it always knows the right answer. Yeah. And to trust that. Yes. Um, it may even come up with, like, oh, you need more sex. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. what it comes yeah, yeah, up yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then how can I, like, integrate more of that in my life? And I use that tool quite a bit now. Um, and even teach it in my yoga practice. And oh, Shabbat, totally. and I like getting people to have the yarn. Because when you're in the trenches, you need, um, yeah, you need to have that relationship with self. Because it's yourself that's going to get you through it. People can fully support you through the journey be there hold space but I think it's pretty epic to get out of something and and really be proud and be like no I got myself out of that I had the advice of others but it was actually me that did it did the work and so yeah anyway (laughs) no you're you're totally right and it's remembering (laughs) like that you got yourself to where you are today. No one else no one else did that for you. And remembering that you have the power. And I think I spent many years um, like externally looking for uh, looking to external sources or people or whether it be healers or whatever to help me and give me the answers. But really, they don't have it. Like, they can guide us, Mm. but ultimately, we have to do it for ourselves. We have to make the choice. We have to be ready. Um, And I've definitely been been guilty for trying to help people and tell them what to do. Not meaning to do that. It's more just like, from my lived experience, oh, this helped me, so maybe this could help you. And it's really coming from a genuine, loving place. But I think... Yeah, we we ultimately have to decide to do it and Mm. um, just remember how powerful we are, Mm. how strong we are. We're our greatest healers and that's right, like tuning in and asking what it is that you actually need, what it is that you want and allowing yourself to receive that. And I think a big one last thing I'll say is just in regards to like listening to myself and learning to trust myself is you know, I spent so many years of letting my head get in the way in my mind and overriding what my body's been saying. And then that ends up, you know, so not trusting my innate knowing or trusting, because we always know what's best for us and what we need. Yeah, we don't always act yeah, on it, exactly. but we do know yeah. it's in there. Yeah, and we know. So it's, I think my biggest uh, challenge has been first self-celebration and being proud, but also... um you know, I, I sometimes reflect, and I'm like, Tawna, you literally got yourself, like, you saved your own fucking life. Like, be proud of that. Who the yeah. fuck, like, some people can't do that. What the fuck? You literally got yourself out of hospital, you mother, like, and you're, and you're not proud of it? Like, you yeah. did you did that. And being proud that it's the same thing. Prior to that, never had, like, 
uh, bout of depression and then after haven't had a relapse. It's like because you've been doing the work and you have chosen to change your life. Yeah. But then it's that trusting myself again because I've mm. because I've let the mind override the gut and my innate knowing. And when I've done that, shit's hit the fan and fallen apart. So when you don't trust yourself, then mm. that's that's my thing at the moment. It's like okay, what is yeah, just self trust and yeah, and being our own greatest healer and remembering that that's that's what it is. So I guess the yeah, just sharing different experiences hoping that it may resonate with some people and what can help you on your journey is just the ultimate goal here isn't it yeah definitely yeah 100%. yeah and it's really cool to have another perspective as well from your side of things because it like things that you will bring up it like sparks stuff within me that yeah. I'm like I can totally resonate and relate with relate yeah. to that but it's something that you may not even think about or mm. you know so wrapping up our wee yarn there, Ellie, um, I would love to ask you, what has been your greatest piece of advice or the, or the one thing that you wish that you knew before you went down this journey? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, one thing that I wish, that I had or or mostly a belief system that I had um, that helps now is definitely as cheesy as it is like be your own best friend and there's never going to be another one of you so I really come back to that in the dark times is yeah there's never going to be another alley that breathes lives moves thinks the way I am and it's the same with everybody on this planet and I think it's so beautiful to every interaction you have to connect with each person, really just valuing how unique they are. Mm. And when we believe that in the core of us, anything's possible. Mm. Yeah. I fucking love that so much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, yeah. I think I agree with that so much. And thank you so much for coming along and having a yarn with me. Anytime. Who would have thought we'd be doing this 15 <laughs> years later, eh? Before, you know, back uh, when we were... When I was a grom, like 12 years yeah. old, trying to hang out with the cool <laughs> snowboard kids at Snow Park, eh? <laughs> yeah, you are already part of the crew. But with that, you know, that, is, that can be quite a heavy top of, topic of conversation for people. Um, and we understand that fully. So... If you would like any more resources or any more assistance, um, we can send you in some different directions if any of those things um, sparked interest in you. Um, you can follow Ali along on her journey on the Alpine Alchemist on Instagram. There's also the Will to Live Instagram. Um, both of those have incredible stuff that I love watching and following along with uh and we're very open to questions or any anything else that you may want to ask us along around our journey and what's helped us if that mm. if that uh if you feel called to do so so please don't be afraid to speak to reach out we're here we're open open arms open hearts <laughs> open, open doors all the things open. <laughs> Uh, so thank you and we look forward to the next one watch this space 
If you enjoyed this episode, hit like and subscribe or please share it with someone you feel would benefit from hearing it too. My mission is to empower others to be the best version of themselves they can be. The more this content is shared, the more likely it is to help others on their journey. If you're wanting more resources, please head to my website at www.wanakabody.co.nz where you can find my coaching options, blog, Instagram and Facebook pages for any other assistance you may need. Last but not least, I want to thank you for showing up, to listen to what I have to share and most importantly for showing up for yourself. See you next time.